Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial specifically for the listeners of Geekspace 9 at the URL GameflyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that is GameflyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9. Hello and welcome to Geek Space 9, the Tuscan Shared Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series Deep Space 9. And while it's been just another week between episodes for you guys, it has been a lot more weeks between us cuz I have been away. So, I'm very curious to see how my lovely co-hosts are doing. So, how are you, Sarah Becker? I missed y'all. I'm <laughs> glad we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I missed you guys too. And we also have Peter Dancy. What's up? No, yeah. Um, like it, it was like a week or so ago. Um, and 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 Sarah and Sarah and I were talking like, like after we had finished recording an, an episode for Movie Gang, and 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 after we were done and everyone had gotten off, it was just the two of us, and we sat there for five minutes. We were just like, we miss Ben. We miss us. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> Oh, you guys are great. I love everybody. All right. Well, this week we are discussing a not as pleasant <laughs> couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Some very intense two-part series called Homefront and Paradise Lost, which is season four, episode 11 and episode 12. So first up is Homefront. On Deep Space Nine, the crew notice a strange phenomenon when the wormhole opens and closes several times with no ships coming through, something that has been occurring a lot lately. The crew receives word that during a conference between the Federation and the Romulans, a bomb went off, killing 27 delegates. While analyzing the footage, they discover that a vase in the background morphs, revealing a changeling, who have now clearly arrived on Earth. Cisco and Odo decide to go to Earth to help Starfleet discover the Changelings. After some pressure from his son, Benjamin decides while working in San Francisco on the Changeling problem that they will stay with his father Joseph in his restaurant in New Orleans. When he arrives on Earth, Admiral Layton reveals that Benjamin has been selected to be the chief of security for the Earth because he knows so much about the Changelings. Benjamin believes in stricter control of the population to keep them safe, but his father is more cautious and believes in freedom. Benjamin meets with the President of the Federation to convince him to require mandatory random blood screenings, but he refuses. However, Odo reveals he was the briefcase all along, and they note that since they didn't have to undergo screenings to get into the room with him, they could have easily killed him and taken his place. The President reluctantly agrees to the screenings. Nog meets with Sisko and asks if he can recommend him for Red Squad, a new elite group of cadets at the Academy that have their own classes and assignments. After transforming into a bird, Odo runs across Admiral Layton, who acts very suspiciously around him. Odo grabs his arm to reveal he was a shapeshifter who escapes. Layton and Benjamin push the president for stronger security, who doesn't want to throw the world into martial law. However, Benjamin is brought back to New Orleans when he hears his father has been arrested. At the restaurant, he finds that Joseph has refused to undergo the mandatory blood screenings and is enraged his son ordered them. While arguing, Joseph cuts his hand, and Benjamin is shocked to see human blood. Joseph realizes his son 
actually was believing his father was a changeling. This causes Joseph to have a minor stroke. Benjamin reveals to Odo for a while there he did actually believe it, and he wishes that in a way Odo hadn't found his people, to which Odo agrees. Joseph recovers and begins running the restaurant again with Jake when the power goes out across the entire planet. Benjamin believes the power outage and the wormhole opening and closing means that the cloaked Dominion ships are surrounding the planet and are ready for invasion. Despite his protests, the Federation president declares martial law across the planet. Joseph and Jake watch in horror as armed Federation soldiers begin patrolling the streets en masse. What do we think of Homefront? So many themes. Themes. <laughs> themes. <laughs> My goodness. It was so theme heavy. It was. It it's really like was. we have, you know, references to communism, references to homeland security. All this. Which which hint hint only gets stronger in, in Paradise Lost, but we'll leave that for that. We'll we'll leave that for like at least five minutes. Oh, for sure, mm. and it's. Yeah, we will have a lot of like uh, false flag stuff to discuss in the next episode, but uh yeah, <laughs> it's uh I guess I'll start by saying uh I guess the history must very clearly repeat itself because it's very impressive how very accurate once again Star Trek is to modern day life. Mm-hmm. Uh it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. that this came out before 9/11 because yep. it feels like it came out after 9/11. Yep. It's It really does. Well have, really really crazy. In particular, just the whole idea that a single terrorist uh, incident would cause everyone to completely go against each other in a matter of a couple weeks, it seems like, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really, really brilliant idea. Yeah. I love that this is probably a kind of irrelevant point, but I love that the president of the Federation is not a human. Yes. I agree. Like, I mean,. I mean, very obviously, the Federation of Planets, by definition, is a bunch of different planets. But, you know, Starfleet Academy is on Earth. And, you know, most of the Starfleet captains that we, and admirals and so forth that we've ever seen have been human. And so you just sort of think of most everyone in Starfleet being human, which, of course, isn't true. But then it's like, oh, here we have, you know, the big guy at the top of, um, you know, the Federation and he is from somewhere else, and he's stationed on Earth. And it was just a nice sort of reminder that, yes, we have lots of, I don't know, interconnected planets in this future society, and it's not just Earth. We've calmed down a little bit, except then, of course, we haven't because the general's nuts. Although that might be a spoiler for the next <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, everything is like, we'll get, we'll get to that later. I mean, the thing mm. is... Uh, uh, Star Star Trek has a long, rich history of admirals who are complete and utter assholes. Like, that has just always <laughs> yes. been a classic Star Trek thing. <laughs> Someone doesn't like authority figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, president is named Jerish Inyo, and he's a Grazerite. Okay. There you go. So, just a little bit of star trek nerd things for you there yeah <coughs> yeah i thought it was interesting episode in particular what i liked is that i i like that we're continuing the deep space nine tradition of making morally ambiguous things because uh, i think both kirk and probably even picard would be like no we cannot do bad 
intense military things. We must be better than that. And where Benjamin feels much more on the line and much more. Yeah. Yeah. He does I mean, often push for these stricter things, which I thought made for a good conflict, especially with his dad in this episode. Yeah, like, like yeah, like, I love that. Yeah, the, when it when it came when it came to a head between between Cisco and his dad, it, it like it it reminded me of an of of, of another of another of another major pop culture um another major pop culture thing is especially especially in the past was that last year yeah last last year actually like. Like like comic book fans knew about it way before, but then everyone else learned about it last last year uh, in Captain America: Civil War, where 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 Cisco, where Cisco was like stricter control. His dad was like no freedom, but but in Civil War, Stark was like stricter control of us because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And, and Captain America and, and Captain America, Steve Rogers was like, no, we're fucking heroes. Why would you? Why would you want? Why would you want to put us under a thumb? And it, it, it like just it reminded me of that of that whole. Like a cow, it it's it's it seems it seems like in, like in a lot of like 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 sci-fi, like sci-fi storylines or or really anything, you will get these two opposing forces where one's like, we need more rules, the other person, and the other person's like, we need more freedom because rule because rules will hinder us from doing what we're doing. Mm, totally, I think that confrontation between. Um... Uh, Joseph's act of civil defiance and and Benjamin's sort of uh, complicity to make him do it is very interesting because it comes from a place of concern. You know, it doesn't come from a place of there's a difference between what Benjamin is doing and Admiral Layton is doing, which is right, what I appreciate right. in these two episodes is that Benjamin is putting stricter control not because he just likes control because he's literally scared <laughs> because he's seen what they yeah. do and he's freaked out that this is a very big problem and now that they're killing people on earth that's it's terrifying and yes he he does believe that just as you know wants to uh he doesn't want his dad to be a changeling obviously but he also feels like well i'm important so maybe someone would want to be a changeling to be my dad and that's a good way to attack me and like when you have to look at everyone like that with such paranoia and fear it's uh it's a horrible world to live in oh yeah <laughs> it's a horrible thing yeah. to be what do you think in general of, of of the portrayal of Joseph in particularly this episode? I like him. Yeah, I want to go eat at his oh, restaurant. I, eat his restaurant yeah. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was missing Cajun food so much. I ate like catfish the other day, and maybe that's why I was like, I was missing it so much. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Peter? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No. Uh, did you add, did you just were you talking to me? I I blinked out for a second. I feel dumb. <laughs> um, what do you think of the portrayal of uh, of Joseph, uh, Cisco's dad? Oh, it it in watching their relationship made made it make so much more sense as to why the relationship between Cisco and Jake is so good. Because mm-hmm. because it's like yeah. Cisco clearly had a great example. Of, of what of what of what of what it mean, of what it means to be a loving and supportive dad that so so that so that so it makes sense so it makes sense why he like why why he wants what's best for Jake why when Jake told him dad I actually don't want to be in the academy I want to be a writer and as and, and, and Cisco was like you know what go for it because I want you to be happy and how and how and how he's trying to do so much to like to to make to make sure that he stays connected with the son make sure that his son is all right I was like I was all there for that and and so and, and so it was wonderful to it was wonderful to watch them interact but, it, but at the same time that's what made it all the more painful 
when all, all, all the more painful when 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 you see like this like this doubt in Cisco about like is my data changeling? I don't know because I'm freaked the, because like you said, Ben, I'm freaked the fuck out. Yeah, and I think the performance by Brock Peters is is awesome. Who I didn't realize was uh, Tom from To Kill a Mockingbird, the defendant. Mm. In, yeah. Uh, Original To Kill a Mockingbird, and he's also been in Star Trek before. He's been an admiral in two Star Trek films, before oh. this, four and six. So he's uh he's okay. A... Now that you mentioned that, I think I remember that him yeah, being in. The... Yeah, he had small roles, but he would show up like yeah, yeah. In those films a little bit cool. And uh, I think he did such a good job. I think maybe there's overall in the two episodes, maybe there's like one too many scenes of him being like, "Don't be such a dick," but maybe his character repeated a little bit but i think that contrast was so good and his performance was so good that i i forgave maybe like by the last one i was like all right i get it but uh i especially think they're they make such a good family and to get on a representation high horse (laughs) i can't think of a sort of sci-fi show that's done three generations of black people on the same screen together and i think that's really fucking cool at least yeah at least not at least not yeah that's for sure yeah like i don't think i've ever seen like a grandfather father and son uh, uh, on screen at the same time, and I was like, "That's and, and not only on, <laughs> this is awesome." And not only on screen, but they have like a great relationship between all three of them. Totally, totally, and they're very believable. I like the little point where um, Cisco or Jake's like, "Yeah, you know, I'll go help him peel potatoes." He's like, "Jake, you're not gonna peel potatoes. He's gonna make you be a waiter." <laughs> Jake's like, like, "What?" And it's like, and it's like that was totally believable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is like it's a very classic sort of like yeah, I grew up in him. You know, life. I understand what that means. You know, sort of a history to it, which I really appreciated quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, Star Trek veterans, I guess we also had um, oh, what's her name, Susan Gibney, on this episode, who played Doctor Leah Brahms in Next Gen. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's pretty cool. That was really neat. No, the um for, for for the for the guest stars, the the one that was kind of funny to me, and I, I was talking with Ben about it before before you got on, Sarah. Um, Admiral Layton, played by Robert Foxworth, and at the very least, in the past, like like basically ten years, his most notable role is the voice of Ratchet in Michael Bay's Transformers films, like that. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, that that was a very interesting chuckle I had. I was just like, "What?" Because you were like, you said you're like, "I know that voice." Right? Like, I I I I, <laughs> I could not place it for the life of me. I was just like, "This sounds familiar." Why? And then I see, and then I and then I go to his page. I, I, I go to I go to Wikipedia. I, I look up his I look look up his name, and it's like scroll down scroll down to the, to the bottom of his of his filmography. Transformers voice of Ratchet. I'm just like. So basically, I would have known exactly who this was if they had just made it like slightly auto-tuned and mechanized, and I would have been right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my! We also get some interesting because it's mostly an Odo Benjamin ep- uh, couple episodes. We get a couple little character beats to the beginning of this episode. I wanted to bring up most notably Dax. Apparently, really likes to prank Odo. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe that it's actually her. I was like, surely that's like someone else. And, you know, they're setting Dax up for it. <laughs> and she's like, nope, she just goes in. She's just so silly. Just three centimeters to the left and two centimeters back. And yeah. that's enough to piss Odo the fuck off. And she's yeah, she like, doesn't yes. like, yes. Yeah, she doesn't like toilet paper's room or anything. She just like moves things slightly and just pisses them off. So like, much. no one else would Which, ever. In fairness, that. that would that would really piss off anybody. Like, you know, if you're just walking through your room, like, you know, it's late at night and you get up for water or something and the couch isn't where it shouldn't yep. be and you just like trip over it and fall on your face. <laughs> I can see something like that happening. It was too too weird. Odo. Like, and Cork's in on it. It's such a bizarre yeah. idea. Yes. He has to happen. because how else was she able to get into the head of security's place? Right? I mean, she is Dax. Yeah, actually, that's true. true. She has her ways. Yeah, like it, it, like it, the fact the fact that she enjoys pranking Odo makes me wonder which of your past lives do you get this from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was probably that uh, that pilot who died early. I feel like he's kind of a troublemaker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, we get to see that Bashir and O'Brien uh, do cosplay together. Do some. Uh, oh my, oh my god. So <laughs> Horrible. They both play uh, World War Two pirates and uh, sorry pilots in a, uh, a simulation, which I thought was absolutely adorable. It was so cute. <laughs> their little, their little fat bomber jackets <laughs> and the the scarf things. Yeah. and as, and especially and especially after especially after us watching our man Bashir, now I'm just like, okay, which outfits that Bashir is wearing where he is not in uniform? Do I just look at him just like? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, want, I want to go on a Hollow Sweet adventure with Bashir because he commits. You know what I mean? Oh my it's god, like you he, know he commits. D&D, he you need someone who commits and he like commits, man. He, he gets into it. <laughs> also just Precious. one other thing I wanted to mention which I thought was the best was uh, Worf is talking about Klingon gods and according to him <laughs> they're their religion, the Klingons killed their own gods because they were, quote, more trouble than they were worth. Oh my god. Yeah. Which is the most Klingon thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone else was just like, I will never get Klingon culture. And and, and Brian was like, trust me, no one will. You're fine. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that. For such a dark episode, I liked that we got a little bit of little bit of funny stuff at the beginning, which I appreciated. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think most of the parallels we can talk about in the next next episode. For you, the listeners of Geek Space Nine, GameFly is offering a premium, free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And you guys, if you are gamers out there, and I'm sure if you listen to Star Trek, you very well could be a gamer, you guys have to check out GameFly.com. They have over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, and a lot of older systems as well. And get this. You can have any console game or handheld game delivered directly to your mailbox that you get to have as long as you want. And I don't know about you guys, but if you've gone to the game store lately and bought a new AAA game, you'll find out that things are pretty dang expensive. And you could be $60 in a hole of a game you don't even like, whereas in Gamefly, you can just send that bad boy back, get a new one in, and keep that one as long as you like. 
There are never any due dates or late fees. And get this, now Gamefly actually lets you rent Blu-ray and DVD movies too. So if you're a nerd like me and still get your movies in the mail the old-fashioned way, old-fashioned as in 2005, then you're going to love Gamefly.com. Plans start with one disc a month for $15.95, but as mentioned before, you can get a free 30-day trial by going to GameflyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that's GameflyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9 for your free 30-day trial. Let's get the synopsis out of the way then for Paradise Lost. Power has been restored to Earth, but the world is still under martial law. Benjamin is investigating the power outage, but is not convinced it was the Dominion, as no one can explain how the Changeling infiltrated the secure power network. Odo points out to Sisko that Red Squad was beamed to Starfleet just after the power went out. Sisko calls Admiral Layton for answers, but Layton, assuming Sisko is involved in his plans, orders Sisko to destroy the record of Red Squad's arrival. He notes that Red Squad performed their duties admirably, and Ben and Odo are left with more question. Benjamin manipulates the leader of Red Squad to reveal they were the ones who disabled the Earth's power relay. Odo and Ben come to the same conclusion, that Leighton orchestrated the power outage to instigate a coup. Ben brings this info to the Federation president, but while he agrees it's possible Leighton is guilty, he needs more proof before removing the worldwide patrols. Back at the restaurant, Leighton arrives where he admits to his plans and relieves Benjamin of duty. While sitting in a park to plan his next move, Ben is shocked when O'Brien arrives. O'Brien quickly reveals he is in fact a changeling, and he wanted to tell him that there are only four hostile changelings on the planet, and that is all they need to spread fear and paranoia that will destroy the Federation. He leaves before Ben can capture him. Sisko discovers Leighton has strategically placed those loyal to him in key positions before a possible coup on the President. When Sisko goes to confront the president, he finds Leighton there. When tested, Sisko's blood comes up positive as a changeling, and he is taken away despite not being one. Leighton claims he'll let Sisko go after he takes control, claiming he will run the world only until the changeling threat is over, but Sisko knows Leighton wants to be a dictator for life. Odo breaks Ben out and reveals that the DS9 crew have arrested an officer who is responsible for causing the wormhole to open and close, making it seem like a cloaked fleet was coming through. He's agreed to testify, and the Defiant is bringing him to Earth to expose Leighton and his cronies. Sisko arrives at Leighton's office to demand he give himself up, but Leighton orders a USS Lakota, piloted by his right-hand woman, Benteen, to destroy the Defiant, claiming it is full of changelings. The Defiant and the Lakota fire on each other, while Sisko tries to convince Benteen to give up while Leighton tries to convince her to be loyal to him. Benteen agrees with Sisko and ceases firing, though both ships have suffered casualties. Sisko tells Leighton that if his closest ally has turned on him, then he has no hope of gaining control. Leighton surrenders, but says the consequences will be on Sisko's shoulders. Martial law has ceased, and Odo notes that while there are changelings still among the people, they must try to not let the threat of them destroy the Federation. What do we think of Paradise Lost? Thames! Thames! Yes. Oh my god! More themes! It's, it's so ridiculous that, like, I watched this episode, then, before we record this, I listened to a podcast about how, like, Putin may have, like, bombed his own people to become powerful. 
And then oh, I recorded oh. this episode, and it's like themes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> that God. was a, a fucking year before year. This this episode came a year before those bombings. Like Jesus Christ. Themes. Yeah. Wow. Like, like I got, I got, like I remember watching. Like I was the la- I was the last one to to get through Homefront and Paradise Lost, and so, and so <laughs> I did as all three of us usually do if we are the third to watch the episode. And I and I was more or less live tweeting the two of these in our in, in our in our in our group thread the entire well scratch that not the entire time more like the first twenty minutes because after that I was I got so caught up in watching it that I was like I, I my phone didn't exist. <laughs> and it's so interesting to watch the the stages of our our group chat because whenever the first person watches it they're like oh my gosh i can't wait for you to get to this part but they can't say anything too spoilery because no one else has watched it yet but then when the third person finally gets there so like so when this exact thing happens it is great and the other two of us are like i and know it's just, i love it and it's, it's just it's a always the same pattern of like all caps it's always the yes. same pattern, and we all switch out roles, and I love it because it's like first person mm-hmm. you write, we watch it, and you tweet like, "It's amazing, I can't say anything," and then the second person live tweets to the first person over <laughs> messenger, and then maybe we'll like PM the the oh other God, person no, yeah, like once they both times. watched it, yeah. it's like so exactly. I can't wait for person X to catch up, <laughs> and then the person, the third person does, he tweets all of us, and it's like my favorite <laughs> yes. thing. Uh, I love it. But yeah, this episode. Uh, uh, God damn! Like, <laughs> like, like when, 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 when we got to that to that scene with Leighton and Cisco, and Cisco like basically deduced and told Leighton to his face, "No, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. You want to be dictator forever." With you saying, "I will just stay in power until the threat is gone," I immediately was just like, "Why are we still in the Middle East?" Oh yeah, right. I, right. Had to, I I was at a friend's place and I paused it and he was like, "What's up?" And I was just like, "I need a moment." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll do that to you, man. Or or just like yeah, the uh, fact that I I like that at the end there were casualties between the two ships that fired at each other. I like that there was stakes and consequences for what he yeah. did. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. he didn't murder anybody directly, but he sent two teams to people on the same team to kill each other and mm-hmm. i appreciate that at the end there were consequences to that and it was oh good well, episode man what was crazy to me was was how was how in the beginning when cisco was um when cisco was like i, I guess investigating yeah he and he was he was grilling that guy from third squad from not third red squad how proud he Amazing. was about it because, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, because it's like, like somehow, like, like somehow he didn't realize the gravity, like the gravity of what he had done. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sort of the idea You're of just uh, following orders. orders. Yeah. Yeah. That all he knew is that the admiral picked his team to exclusively do something important. You know. And like, he was just like, "Oh, well, the admiral himself chose us. We must be like badasses." And it's like, "Are you? You need to think past this, dude. Like, actually think about what you just did." Mm-hmm. Also, uh, major props to Cisco for being a great investigator. Yes. Like, once yes. he realized Leighton thought he was on his side, he was just like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then I love also, the way Odo nog. is. I didn't realize this till just now. The way Odo is always out of frame of the other person's shot. So like you don't notice this, but like um, because they don't cut to the other guy. But when he sees Cisco, Odo is out of frame of that camera, and he's always like in a corner somewhere, so that people don't know that he's listening into their conversation. I was like, oh. sneaky Odo, man, sneaky Odo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when he was grilling the the guy is like. The way he was trying to get information out of him while still pretending like he knew all the information was awesome. I really thought that was very impressive. Yeah. Yay, Nog, for being useful. <laughs> oh. oh, Nog. He's just trying to he's just trying to make it in the academy. He's not ready for all this. He just wants friends. Exactly. He doesn't want to do all this take over the government stuff. He just wants to be the first ring in Starfleet. Is that so hard? Why does everything have to be so dangerous right now? I uh, side note, I really enjoyed uh, Cole Meany's performance. His quick performance as uh, creepy changeling Miles it seemed like a fun. It was role. very creepy. Yeah, he was really effectively creepy. <laughs> yeah. Really channeling that uh, sort of seventies paranoid thriller acting style, which I love. That's a good reference, actually. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's an interesting episode. I think it's very impressive that they uh, continue to sort of challenge humans in this ep- in this sort of war the same way they're challenging the Dominion everybody, that uh, they really are getting to the deeper point of war that there's not really good and bad guys. And maybe there's badder guys or gooder guys, but everybody does really fucked up awful shit during war and... Indeed. In the name of protection, I thought that's what this episode was very impressive about. I mean, false flag stuff is maybe a little bit much, but it's happened in the past. I mean, it's it's very clearly happened with uh, the Germany, like we know for sure. The Nazis, mm-hmm. you know, uh, destroyed their own buildings to instigate uh, invasion of Poland, and like, and my history is very bad. I know that, and you could tell me about it all on Twitter, <laughs> history nerds. But mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, teach us history because you know, yeah. a, lo- a lot has happened between high school slash college history and now. <laughs> I remember the Reichstag fire. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> so let me yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was a very intense but very interesting examination of the lengths people go to war for things they they believe in, and that's why I thought it was a very good that uh, Cisco was more controlling in the first part, but then realizes the the lengths that they would go to in the second part i thought it was a good sort of character arc and, and, right. and, and having it hinge on the scene where he almost thinks his dad is a changeling is a good example of how to create a good character arc in a two episode uh arc like this where the first part he is on the wrong side of it and then that sort of snaps him out of it and realizes the lengths people will go right and he starts sort of seeing why it's so shady I, I did I did appreciate um w- uh, when when they had all when they had all the Federation troops uh, patrolling the streets um back back in New Orleans his uh, his dad Jake's grandfather was like yeah so we got some hungry people outside and, and Jake and Jake looks out and he's like I just see people patrolling I see hungry people outside and how it's like even in the midst of all of this chaos and uncertainty even then even e- even then Mister Cisco was like no there is still a silver line to this like there is still some positivity that can be gotten out of the situation it's not yes it is very bad but it's not absolutely all dark and grim 
and not yeah. just that, but looking at the fact that soldiers are people, and that right? It, it, we're yes. all. Yes, it's it is very easy in wartime to look at soldiers be civilians as two different species almost, but they're not. They're both human beings, and I I appreciate that mm-hmm. line too for what you're saying there. It's like there's still humanity in the situation as dire as this, right? You know, yeah, and, th- and that's something that like that's something that you know you need to make sure you hold on to, lest you kind of un- unlike Leighton. <coughs> You 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 forget, you 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 forget at the end of the day where you stand. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Lakota versus Defiant sequence. Uh, I did yeah, too. I was like, yay, more space fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I feel like a couple of times on this show we've gotten space battles, but it's been like the blips on a screen yes. style yeah, of space yeah. battle. But this time it was actually like the Defiant doing flips around the Lakota and stuff. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> no, it- and, and, a, and a strategic one too, which oh, yeah. I appreciate. There was that one a yeah. couple episodes ago. I forget the episode, but there was like it was just nameless Jim uh, Hadar ships attacking them and it was more about like just making an episode where they were a submarine episode where they were nameless bad ships and like you right. didn't ever see the commanders or anything and this one you had two commanders from two very different sides and it was all about like how do we not murder each other because we're federation ships it added a really yeah. interesting tension to the fighting which i really thought was fascinating mm-hmm. i agree yeah but the the special effects have come a long way i i totally agree sarah that uh it's nice that we're not just getting like, they fired on us. Believe us. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. approach. Iron Man's just outside that window. I promise. Right <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. God, that's right. But speaking of which, <laughs> I need to catch up on that show. I am so far behind. It's ridiculous. Like, I, wait, what? I, 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 need, I need to catch up by the time Spider-Man Homecoming comes out, which, to be honest, this episode right, that we're recording right now will most likely, most definitely be posted after it's released, so... Yes. <laughs> so wonderful yes, listeners, so. wonderful listeners, check up on me. Ask, ask me, ask me how far along I am. If if I've caught up by then, <laughs> you've given yourself a long time. You'd be like, why are people tweeting at me? Like, oh goddamn! No, I mean, you know, that is true. I'll be like, what are you talking? Oh, what did we just post three hours ago? Okay, never mind. Yeah. I was thinking about that on a. I was on a subreddit for a different podcast, and and we were all making jokes about they said, but they mentioned that they recorded that podcast episode in January. Uh-huh. Maybe it be like it must be so weird to make jokes and references, and then three months later, just get a bunch of tweets and stuff about them, and you're like, I, what? <laughs> I don't remember saying that. It's when did al- I talk about. Yeah. That? It's always nice to date. It's always nice to date ourselves because it's like, okay, we were thinking about this at this time. Cool. Yeah. We might be three Spider Men's from now. Like we don't know. Oh, <laughs> could <dear> be. God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so many. So many Spider Men's. I can't handle any more Spider Men's. I mean, I could, but just like, give us a legit ten years before you decide to give us Spidey three point Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's just been a lot of. It's been a lot of Spider Man lately. Yeah. <laughs> I just have... Let's just keep Tom Holland around. I can't can't get attached anymore. Yeah, Tom else. Holland I am actually totally okay with. He's good. Yeah. Well, is there anything else to say? And he's really young, so he can keep right? doing it for he a while. He started when he was 19. <laughs> he's 20 now, so he can actually grow with the character. Yeah. Yeah, and he actually looks like a teenager because he is one. 
Yeah, he, was he, he basically was one up until a few months ago. Yeah. Amazing. The 30-year-old is not a teenager. <laughs> so shocking. Especially um, if you've seen the, like Spider-Man 1 recently, but those are all like people in their late 30s. For oh my god, yeah, it's just it's true. Like, Flash looks like he has three kids. Like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, is there anything else to say for Paradise Lost? Changelings, what will they do next? Yeah, what do you, what do you guys mm. think about that? When uh, when Changeling O'Brien said something about we don't, there's only four of us here, but that's all we need. I for, it reminded me of a Doctor Who episode where um, I forget exactly what happens, but you know I think it's when the Cybermen and the Daleks are arguing in uh, in Doomsday, and um, Cybermen's like, "How many of you are there?" And the Daleks said, four. And the Cybermen say, "You plan to take over Earth." with only four Daleks, and the Daleks say, we could take over the Earth with only one Dalek. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, no, not, <laughs> I'm sorry. That came out of nowhere. I just no, wanted I, to no, I, do my horrendous Dalek. No, I, I, really I loved it. It's just, I, 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 in, I had to go back to when, when Ben was like, Flash looks like he has three kids, and I immediately was like, <laughs> I was like, who? played flash in who plays flash in spider-man one so of course i look it up guess who played guess who played flash in spider-man one? No, oh, boy joe who? Mang- manganiello ah that's joe manganiello. the dude nice. from true wait was he in true blood yeah i think he was in true blood yeah oh man that guy <laughs> like, who did he play in true blood i think so wait no no wait, no 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 not not true wait yeah, True Blood. Yeah, yeah, True. Yeah, True Blood. Yeah, True Blood. True Blood. He 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 he, he was a, he was a were, he was a werewolf in that, and then and then he popped up in Magic Mike. Yes. Wait, was he Al? Yes, Seed? that was that was him. Oh, yeah, man. Joe Manganiello. What, what? He's he's on my list up there with Jason Momoa. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Totally <laughs> agree. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> he played the flash he's not skinny enough to play uh, the flash uh, well, well, not, I, well i beg to differ 15 like, years ago he stacked. was well no because oh, flash man. thompson not the flash flash thompson oh no, no flash thompson bully. oh okay yeah gotcha yeah flash thompson Peter, is Peter spider-man's Parker's bully sorry i'm getting all my superheroes confused no I that's totally fair. That's cool <laughs> there's a lot of them. have you have you guys seen peewee's uh big holiday the netflix movie no. no. Joe Manganiello plays himself, and the running joke in that movie is that uh, basically Pee Wee's just fucking in love with Joe Manganiello, <laughs> and like they go on a like a road trip together, and like he's like his <laughs> like gay friend. It's like adorable. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. And yeah, now it's not I'm, the best I, movie, but that element made me laugh so much. And really now nice. I'm looking at a picture of the two of them just riding on a motorcycle, and it's like, oh. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like the guy who kicks him out of his small town. <laughs> it's really silly. All right, I think uh, I think we're talking about Pee Wee. I think we've <laughs> gone up yeah. the rails enough to call the it. The rails a don't show. exist anymore. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need rails. <laughs> All right, indeed. Hey. <laughs> Well, this has been our episode. <laughs> Next week, we'll be discussing season four, episode 13 and 14, which are Crossfire! You can never find a Crossfire! Yes. <laughs> I love that. 
That was my favorite commercial as a kid. (laughs) And return to grace. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meat Shield. You can check him out on Twitter at CBTN underscore Meat Shield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Deep. Ah, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Please keep that in.